0: Welcome back everyone, as we continue our study into the Gospel of John. Today we will be looking at John chapter 1 verse 17 to 18. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. But the law came from Moses. This statement would garner great opposition from the Jews then since the Jews had much high regard for Moses that they would reject any truth claims apart from his teachings. The author clearly defines the inferiority of Moses' ministry to the divine essence of the ministry of Jesus Christ. However, this parallelism offered little comprehension to the authority of Jesus Christ since the Jews offered no deference to Moses and the author concentrates clearly on the bountiful grace bestowed from jesus christ himself to all those who were witness to him another difficulty was that the jews thought they received what is not given us except in christ from the law therefore the verse contrasts the law with grace and truth and implies that both were lacking in the law truth in judgment indicates a fixed and firm stability in things By grace, understanding the spiritual fulfillment of the things which the law contains as mere words. These two words may, may be said to be figures of speech with the same meaning, namely, that the truth of the law consists in the grace which is exhibited in Christ. It does not much matter whether these two words are put together or separated from one another either way the sense of a statement is the same this much is certain according to john the law contains the unknown to those who are outside looking in these can only be embraced with knowing christ himself unless the unity is complete knowing the law lacks the true meaning of living the christian life it is in christ that the unity is complete Within the unity, we find the law's meaning and substance and how it sets its boundaries in our lives. The moral boundary dictated by the law does not restrain but provides the freedom to live freely within the safe zone set forth by the moral law. Christ himself replaces the law as we find the same fulfillment in our lives within him. Paul said that in the law is shadows and Christ is the substance. In Colossians 2, verse 17, Paul states, These are the shadows of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. However, we must not imagine that the law gives us only falsehood, because even though the law is in itself dead, Christ himself is the soul of the law and makes it alive. Still, a question here has to do with the power of the law apart from Christ, and the evangelist asserts that without Christ, the law is nothing but a shadow, without substance and power. David Brown and A.R. Fawcett and Robert Jameson, in their book on From Matthew to John, in Volume 5, writes, The law is opposed to grace only, In that sense in which the law contains no grace. The law, says the Apostle, worketh the wrath, in Romans chapter 4, verse 15, that is, against all who break it, pronouncing a curse upon everyone that continueth not in all things which were written in the book of the law to do them, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. If then under Moses there was any grace for the guilty, it could not issue out of the bosom of the law as a proclamation of moral duty. For by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. In Romans chapter 3 verse 20. But the law was not given only to condemn it had a shadow of good things to come through not the very image of the things in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1. And it was this shadow of the gospel's blessings which was given by Moses while the truth or the substance of them came by Christ. The law was but a figure of the time then present that could not make the worshippers perfect is pertaining to the conscience, for it was not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins in Hebrews chapter nine verse nine and Hebrews chapter ten verse four. All the salvation therefore that was gotten under Moses was on the credit of that one offering of, for the sins which perfects for them that are sanctified so that they without us could not be made perfect as written in hebrews chapter 11 verse 40. this truth contained consists in the fact that through christ we obtain a grace which is not available through the law by grace in general i understand the free forgiveness of sins and a renewal of the heart with this word john states briefly the distinction between the Old and the New Testaments, which was done more fully in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31. Jeremiah writes, Behold the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, and concludes in it that has to do with the spiritual righteousness. But this righteousness consists of two parts, namely that God is reconciled to us freely, not imputing our sins to us, and that He has engraved His law within us and renewed us by His Spirit for obedience to it. It follows that the law is expounded wrongly and falsely when it keeps us to itself and even prevents us our access to Christ. The first three three Gospels provides the historical evidential and experiential reality of the birth life and death and resurrection of jesus christ whereas the fourth gospel offers an insightful depth to the optimum view of who what and why jesus is who he is the son of god the first three gospels inspired by god provide the precursor personified in the gospel of john As David Brown and Fawcett and Jameson continue to write, they state, Since God so ordered it, the first converts in the infant churches should be thoroughly familiarized with the history of his son's work in the flesh on the lower platform of the first three Gospels. Hence here, this fourth Gospel lifted them to the highest view of it. You may infer that just as we also have Thriven upon the milk of other gospels will be our ability to digest and to grow upon the strong meat of this last and crowning gospel moreover might it not be well in the public exposition of the gospel's history to advance from the corporal gospels as the fathers of the church were to call them to what by the way of eminence they call the spiritual gospel. Nevertheless, even in this gospel, there is an exquisite network of concrete outward history which captivates even the rudest and youngest readers, and it breathes such an atmosphere of love and, and heaven that the deep truths enshrined in it possesses attractions they would not otherwise have been made. Thus, each is perfect in its own kind and all are one pearl of great price. God's clear message through the Gospels is directed to the Son, Jesus Christ, whom He revealed as the testimony of our broken relationship and the need to establish that link with the Father. The message is evident as the narrative the author continues to reveal is entwined with the revelation of inadequacies in achieving righteousness many christians today call themselves followers but they fail to see that god is not attempting to establish his authority in his lives but god himself is opening the heart and soul of humanity in its its deficiencies there is a self-righteous attitude by many who assume god is seeking us however the reality lies in the fact that god has already been revealed since creation it is not the world that is broken, but us. And the cumulative effect of our broken state provides us with an excuse to, to excuse reality around us as deficient. Any challenge we face is compounded by our own disassociation of the brokenness, that we are the problem and not any other consequence otherwise. It starts with the self. And since the reality is that the rest of the world may not see, Jesus Christ came into our existence to give us assurances. The Father reveals the Son, who takes our sins upon His shoulders on the cross. Do not be assured that all the forgiveness of our sins but the faith and acceptance of His glory and salvation, which enables us to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit. To finally embrace our created essence of the character created in His image and likeness. (coughs) An essence that has been buried under the misconception of our own misguided beliefs that we are autonomous. Not only seek Him, but embrace His will. Live according to and and within the safe boundaries of His absolutes. And anchor yourself in this moral absolute. <coughs> Only then, empowered by the Holy Spirit, the burdens of this world will fade into memory. And life caused joy. Life will cause joy and happiness in everything you do. face and shall overcome. For the Father has revealed the Son, and the Father is glorified through the Son. God bless. Good night.